Hey guys, this is Michael Canella here, and um, this is the second part to Imagine Heaven. And I hope you guys enjoy, and you can take something from this, and it's uh, it's pretty awesome. And uh, here, here you can open your eyes now, or, or not. Um, you could keep your eyes closed if you want. I'm going to go into the story here that's uh, in the Bible um, that kind of goes more into this, and I think it really uh, open our eyes even if you know they're closed <laughs> i think it really opened our eyes to to just the beauty of heaven um even though we can only imagine just a snippet of it like paul says you know right now i i can only you know see this isn't verbatim uh, but <laughs> this is like you know like only now i i can see you know a blurry vision of it but one day, you know, I'm going to see it clearly, you know, and, uh, yeah, just thinking about the woman, the woman in Judges, um, not woman as an M-E-N, but the woman, M-A-N, specific woman, and you can open your eyes if you want, or you can keep them closed to imagine the story and, um, what I'll say after, but, uh, it's probably the darkest section of the bible just gonna be straight raw and honest um like there's not a lot of stories that really top this one in terms of how gritty how violent how like horrible it is and you know if you're uh i mean i wouldn't imagine it but if you're if you have any like kids around or something um you might want to cover your, their ears or you know give them your phone to watch you know, some cartoons or something, I don't know, um, but this one's, this is like rated R, um, it's, it's in the Bible, it's, uh, Judges 19, and, uh, for those of you who know Judges, this was that time, um, you know, a lot of the chapters in Judges open up with, in those days, Israel had no king, you know, and I, I don't remember the rest, but it was like, you know, just like, they did, you know what what they they sought right in their eyes um they literally just completely ignored um what god wanted for them and yeah so here we go judges 19 this was the darkest probably the dark one of the darkest periods in israel's history and um, there's a whole book in the bible about it um, there's a lot of good things in it too um but a lot of it's just like it almost feels like you're watching a radar movie <laughs> You know, so Judges 19. So just uh, the first point was all who all who died. Imagine all who died tragically, fully restored. And there's a woman in Judges. And this is what it reads. Judges 19. In those days, Israel had no king. I'm going to read this like, like a story. So in those days, Israel had no king. Now a Levite who lived in a remote area in the hill country of Ephraim took a concubine from Bethlehem in Judah. And uh, just to give some context, the kind of simple version of kind of describing what a concubine is um, without getting into a whole thing is it's almost like a wife, but like an extra wife let's just put it like that you know and people had concubines for for many different reasons you know whether it be economically um you know for 
gaining favor with a certain nation. You know, Solomon, King Solomon had many um, concubines. I think it was like 700 or something. Um, but yeah, so it's like a wife, like an extra wife. Let's just put it like that. Um, you could, of course, do do your own research if, if you want into really looking into what they were. And uh, unfortunately, I mean, it was it was where people were at in those days and um, men had concubines. That's how it was. Um, anyways, let's keep going. So this is now a Levite who lived in a remote area in the hill country of Ephraim, took a concubine from Bethlehem in Judah. But she was unfaithful to him. She left him and went back to her parents home in Bethlehem, Judah. After she had been there for four months, her husband went to her to persuade her to return. He had with him his servant and two donkeys. And he's like, come home. You know, she took him into her parents' house. And when her father saw him, he gladly welcomed him. His father-in-law, the woman's father, prevailed on him to say, so this is her, her dad. So he or prevailed on him to stay. And uh, so he remained with him three days, eating and drinking and sleeping there. On the fourth day, they got up early and he prepared to leave. But the woman's father said to his son-in-law, refresh yourself with something to eat. Then you can go. You know, he's being nice. And he said, uh, so the two of them sat down to eat and drink together. Afterward, the woman's father said, Please stay tonight and enjoy yourself. And when the man got up to go, his father-in-law persuaded him. So he stayed there that night. On the morning of the fifth day, when he rose to go, the woman's father said, Refresh yourself. Wait till afternoon. So the two men ate together. Then when the man with his concubine and his servant got up to leave, his father-in-law, the woman's father, said, Now, look, it's almost evening. Spend the night here, man. You know, the day is nearly over. Stay and enjoy yourself. Early tomorrow morning, you can get up and be on your way home. But unwilling to stay another night, he's like, man, I want to go home. The man left and went toward Jabus, that is Jerusalem, with his two saddled donkeys and his concubine. When they were near Jabus and the day was almost gone, the servant said to his master, Come, let's stop at this city of the Jebusites and spend the night. His master replied, No, we won't go into that any city whose people are not Israelites. We'll go on to Gebeah. He added, Come, let's try to reach Gebeah and Ramah and spend the night in one of those places. So they went on, and the sun set as they neared Gebeah and Benjamin. There they stopped to spend the night. They went and sat in the city square, but no one took them in for the night. That evening, an old man from the hill country of Ephraim, who was living in Gebeah, the inhabitants of the place, were Benjamites, came in from his work in the fields. I just want to apologize uh, if you guys hear some, some noise in the back. Um, some, some people making some stuff in the kitchen here. <laughs> but, yeah, so let's keep going. So when he looked and saw the traveler, in the city square, the old man asked, Where are you going? Where did you come from? He saying. He answered, We are on our way from Bethlehem and Judah to a remote area in the hill country of Ephraim, where I live. I have been to Bethlehem and Judah, and now I am going to the house of the Lord. 
no one has taken me in for the night. And we have both straw and fodder for our donkeys and bread and wine for ourselves, your servants, me, the woman, and the young man with us. We don't need anything. You're welcome at my house, the old man said. Let me supply whatever you need, only don't spend the night in the square. So he took him into his house and fed his donkeys. After they had washed their feet, they had something to eat and drink while they were enjoying themselves. Some of the wicked men of the city surrounded the house, pounding on the door. Okay, so this is where the story takes a turn. So, you know, I wasn't even thinking about this, but I was like, yeah. So that whole section that we just read, that was, you know, it's it's almost like, like I don't watch horror, horror movies anymore, but you know, like in the beginning of a horror movie where it's just like really just like chill, everybody's happy, happy and having fun times and they're playing games and you know stuff and then all of a sudden all the bad stuff starts happening this this is kind of like that almost <laughs> and uh you know they they were just traveling they're like oh man you know stay home man stay home you know hey you know it's nighttime you can sleep over and you're like okay you know you know eat some food whatever you know now all that good stuff happened and here it takes a turn and this is when stuff gets pretty explicit. Um, so, pounding on the door, they shouted to the old man who owned the house, bring out the man who came to your house so we can have sex with him. Whoa. Oh. Okay. Uh, okay. If you guys don't know already, these are these are dudes. Um, like, <laughs> and they're 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 saying I don't mean to laugh at that situation, but it's just like this is pretty wild. And they're saying, hey, bring out that guy, and we're we're guys too, who came to your house so that we can have sex with him. So. It's it's just it's just so weird to think about that, and uh, that's not even one percent of the story. So we'll keep going on. It says the owner of the house went outside and said to them, "No, my friends, don't be so vile. Since this man is my guest, you know, I let him in the house, right? Don't do this outrageous thing." Okay, now here's where the story just takes a turn and this is where this is where at where i uh where i want to camp out here for a little bit and this might be a little bit of a longer episode but i really just want to get to this whole thing of imagining heaven and um you'll, you'll see where where i'm at stay with me here it says look you know instead of this guy you know who came into my house look here is my virgin daughter and his concubine. I will bring them out to you now, and you can use them and do to them whatever you wish. Wow. Wow. So, as you can tell by this time, you know, there wasn't really women who, you know, women were 
almost like objects, like inanimate objects. Now, obviously, that that was definitely a trigger warning right there uh, for for some people who are really sensitive to sexual, you know, like just evil, you know. And he said, "I will bring them out to you now, and you can." Use them and do to them whatever you wish. It says, but as for this man, don't do such an outrageous thing. They're like, yeah, you, you could do it to to the woman, uh, but for this man who came to my house, you know, since uh, he's a quote unquote real person, you know, like this is this was his thought, you know. He says, but as for this man, don't do such an outrageous thing. Come on now, you know. It says, but the men would not listen to him. So the man took his concubine. And sent her outside to them. And this is where things things get real. So the man took his concubine and set her outside to them. So I just want to get this picture in your mind. You know, people are outside and they're, you know, banging on the door to like, hey, we need to gang rape you. Like, it's just, that's how, that's that's what happened. And they were like, no, you can't have this guy take uh, his concubine instead. Um, and that's that's the picture right now. And, and just, you know, he got she got thrown out there, you know, so the man took his concubine and sent her outside to them. Can you imagine what she was saying? Like, no, no, don't don't send me. Don't don't send me like. I don't want to do that, you know, and you can just imagine the tears going down her face and, and all the anxiety, the rush of anxiety that she's having, having, and he says, so the man took his concubine, sent her outside to them and they raped her and abused her throughout the night. And at dawn, so the whole night they raped her and abused her. And at dawn they let her go. At daybreak the woman went back to the house where her master was staying. Fell down at the door and lay there until midnight. At daybreak the woman went back to the house where her master was staying. Were staying. Fell down at the door and lay there until daylight. And guys, guess what? That's not even the half of what happens. It says, when her master got up in the morning and opened the door of the house and stepped out to continue on his way, there lay his concubine. So he, he saw her uh, fallen in the doorway of the house with her hands on the threshold. He said to her, get up, let's go. Like, what? The disrespect you know like when I first read this story I was like you know you ever watch the movie you see the bad guy and you're just like I just want to like you know like I may be Christian um <laughs> but it's like I want I want to do something to that, that that guy you know uh he says he said to her get up let's go like, like just nothing, you know, like, oh, yeah, that all that happened to you. But hey, get up. Let's go. We got to go. It says, but there was no answer. Then the man put her on his donkey and set out for home. 
when he reached home, and this is the last. This is this is the this is the summit. This this is the peak of of the story, and the the gore, the just craziness. When he reached home, he took a knife and cut up his concubine, limb by limb, into twelve parts, and sent them into all the areas of Israel. Y'all, what? Isn't that just crazy? Everyone who saw it was saying to one another, such a thing has never been seen or done. Not since the day the Israelites came up out of Egypt. Just imagine, we must do something. So speak up, y'all. Just imagine that. All that stuff she she got. You know, I don't know how much I could say, you know, that that word on here. So I, I'm going to be wise with my words here just so the show doesn't get taken down. <laughs> but, yeah, like, y'all, she was just humiliated and such a traumatic event. She was still alive, too, after all that. And, you know, she may have been laying on the floor, but she was she was there. And, uh, yeah, man just cut her up into pieces, limb by limb, to 12 parts, and sent them into all the areas of Israel. Now, you might be thinking, Michael, why, why, you know, imagine heaven, right? <laughs> and you just brought me all the way down, and this is depressing. And I'd say, yes, it is depressing. It very much is, and it's horrifying. It's the worst, worst story in the Bible in terms of how violent it is. But guys, guess what? Imagine. See, when I first, when I first thought about this, I was like, "Wow!" Imagine how she looks in heaven. Fully restored. Fully herself. Fully just. I'm getting emotional. You know, just imagine her just being fully herself. And all the parts of her body is intact. And she's just there. You know, the big smile on her face. Like, I made it. I made it. I made it. Ah, man. Can you imagine that? Imagine she's fully restored. All those traumatic events. the, the, The sexual assault and the abuse and everything. It's just, it's all gone. You know, all things are made new. She's up there with a big smile on her face. Your tears are no more. You know, she isn't weak on the floor. You know, she's not seen as an inanimate object anymore. But as a child of God. Can you imagine that? 
So that brings us to Revelation 21, 1 through 7. And uh, I, I don't want to take too much more time here. But you just imagine this. It says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or sexual assault or abuse or depression or anxiety or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. Old order of things has passed away. You imagine that Every, the old order of things, the old structure. Imagine just everything, every 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 way that that sin just just comes up in this world. Imagine all those things just passing away like ashes. He who was seated on the throne said, "I am making everything new." Then he said, write this down, write this down, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this, and I'll be their God, and they'll be my children. Imagine that woman. As God's child in heaven, all the old orders of things passed away, and God is making everything new. You know. Now I uh, I asked you know a bunch of my friends and some family members, you know what uh, what what do they think you know when uh, when they think about heaven and how it'll be, how their experience will be, and. Uh, this isn't in any order. I won't put any names out there. But it says, exhilaration. Uh, all questions answered. Reconnecting <clears throat> with my loved ones. Much lighter. Less stress. More excited because I get to explore the universe with Jesus. Praising the Lord. Feeling the heartbeat of Jesus. Feeling light and truly free beyond what I think or feel now from knowing him. I do feel like there is milk and honey up there too somewhere. <laughs> that was funny. I wonder if there is more colors than we are aware of in instruments. No sickness in the body or mind. No mental health issues. Everyone will love each other. All humans will be like one, united. Joy at all times. We will all praise Jehovah God with no denomination that separates. 
No more tears. The most beautiful place that our eyes have ever seen. Animals will be able to walk with humans and not be afraid. Being able, you know, us humans being able to touch them. Fear will be non-existent. No more pain or suffering. Hmm. You know, and I did a little bit of research today just in, in, uh, in, in the Bible, and the rest of the Bible, where it talks about heaven in heaven it talks about heaven as a kingdom you know Matthew 5 3 blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of God is the kingdom of heaven Matthew 5 10 blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness for theirs is the kingdom of heaven 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 it's yours heaven as our eternal home Heaven is our eternal home. Imagine just, I don't know if anybody's listening here today where you just never felt like you've had a home or any place you could really call your home. You've always felt uncomfortable and wanted. You know, even if you do feel comfortable or wanted, you know, sometimes you don't. Imagine a place where you just, it's established like, this is your home. This is your eternal home. It's not just yours too. It's, it's everybody's. We're all one big family, you know. And uh, imagine the beauty and the perfection of heaven. And you know, when in Revelation twenty one four talks about, you know, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and the former things have passed away. And Imagine the presence of God in heaven. Revelation 22, 3 says, No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will show, will worship him. Imagine heaven is the place of your reward. Matthew 25, 34 says, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. 1 Peter 1, 4 talks about this inheritance being you know, something imperishable, something that doesn't fade away, something that's not defiled, you know, it's not dirty, and, it's, and you know, it says... Kept in heaven for you. Imagine the eternal nature of heaven. You know, Second Corinthians four seventeen talks about you know for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Imagine that kind of nature, that eternal nature of heaven, just beyond all comparison. Imagine the new heaven and the new earth. You know and. We read in Revelation 21, verse 1, you know, a new heaven and a new earth. Like, it's just there. It's all new. Everything's erased. You know, and God made a new heaven and a new earth. And Isaiah 65, 17 says, For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come into mind. You won't even remember all of the, you know, crazy things that happened in your life and I don't know, it's just a theory, but it's like, just imagine, like, I don't think God would uh, make us forget, you know, and put us under a spell and just be like, oh yeah, let me just make them forget about all that. But I think the eternal weight and glory of God and his presence 
is what's going to erase all of that from our minds. We're going to be so just in awe that we'll eternally forget everything that happened, all the bad things that happened on earth. It says, and the former things shall not be remembered or come into mind. You won't even remember the bad things. Can you imagine that? Imagine your entrance into heaven and the joy and celebration in heaven. And, um, your glorified body in heaven. You know, First uh, Corinthians fifteen forty two to 44 says, So is it with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. And here we go. It says, It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. Now, you're not going to be some, you know, little flame, you know, just like uh, walking, you know, just like floating around in heaven. Like, no, you're going to have a body. You know, Paul says there is also a spiritual body. You know, if there's a natural body, there's a spiritual body. You know, imagine the just, oh, man, imagine heaven, y'all. Imagine heaven, you know, all the captivating glimpses into the nature of, of, of heaven that the Bible lays out and all the beauty and joy and redeemed worship, you know, and how our lives are just a brief moment in comparison to the eternity that we're going to live someday. Um, I hope, you know, that this has given you hope and comfort and a reason to persevere in our faith and um, yeah, I just want to take a moment if, if there's any of if there's any of you who've not accepted Christ into your life and you want to see heaven, you want to live for Christ and experience these things here, you know, um, like we're, we're going to talk about that a little bit later, too. We're almost done here. I don't want to keep you guys for too long, but I want to I want to pray for you if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ into your life. Um, because I'll tell you right now, I mean, he's done a lot for me, um, you know, and I love him because he first loved me, and, uh, you know, when the Bible talks about, uh, you know, we love because he loved us first, you know, that's so true in my life, you know, um, I've been a believer for, I would say a good five, six years, and um, maybe seven, you know, but it's like, man, there, there was a lot, you know, that happened between all that, and I had, you know, I had struggles with God, just understanding Him, and, but like, y'all, like, God is so worth it, and He's not a bad person at all, you know, it's just because we live in a world that's so broken that we just, it's hard for us to imagine someone who's actually perfect and good in every way and who really loves and cares for us and has a plan for us um, and that we're not who we were and we're not uh, what we do but we're someone that God loves and enjoys like that's that's new that's radical you know and but it's true it's true and I hope you've received something uh, from that and in, in, in what we were talking about today 
Oh, Lord Jesus. Okay. Um, if you want to accept Jesus Christ into your life, um, you can repeat this prayer after me. Father God, I come to you now in Jesus' name. Jesus, who loves me and gave himself for me. I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. Lord, I love you and I give myself to you. I ask you right now, come into my heart, come into my life, be my savior and be my Lord. Jesus is Lord. He is my new beginning. I am a new creation. In Jesus' name, amen. If you made that decision today, let let uh, let your your local pastor know, or um, you could send me an email too if you want it at uh, michaelcanella six one two at gmail dot com. It's M I C H A E L C A N E L A six one two at gmail dot com. Um, yeah, you know. Romans 10, 9 says, If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You're going to see heaven. You're going to see the heaven that we were just talking about. You know, in Colossians 3, 23, 24 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. It's working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know, since you know, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. You're going to receive the reward in heaven. So whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. It's working for the Lord. Not for human masters, not for your boss, not for your manager, but for God. Oh, may that make you just, just go for it, you know. None of this close to how the experience will be. I just want you to, to know that like we're going to be with our jaws dropped to the floor for all eternity. <laughs> just just thinking about how how like how how it how it can be, you know, like I mean like how it is, you know, once we get up there, you know, and we're going to be blown away. And a quote I want you to remember. You can write this down if you want. It's, you know, that this is just something I thought about the other day and it was like words and thoughts are one thing, but actually experiencing it is a whole other thing. Words and thoughts are one thing, but actually experiencing it is a whole other thing. You know, uh, Jack Cousteau has this saying in French. It's a, uh, uh, I'll fall. Uh, <laughs> okay. I'm going to mess up. I hope there's no French people listening. Um, au foie, au levoie, or something like that. <laughs> it basically means let's go see for ourselves. Let's go see for ourselves. And right now, you know, um, we can't fully, you know, see heaven, but one day we will, you know. So words and thoughts are one thing and actually experiencing it. It's a whole other thing. You know, you can experience parts of heaven now. I want you to know that, like. You know, whenever John, in, in the book of John, whenever he mentions, 
you know, eternal life in heaven, you know, like in John three sixteen, says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Do you know you have eternal life? Right in your hands. Look at your hands right now. Look at both your hands. Look down. You have eternal life in your hands. It's there. Now, I want you to close your hands. It's in your hands. You feel it? You perceive it? Do you feel heaven just in your in your hands? Your eternal life in your hands? And you know, it's not just, you know, eternal life as in like you're yeah, you you're gonna live forever. Like, yeah, you are. But it's like yo you can experience the full joy, the full happiness. And of course we live in a broken world, so it's not going to be perfect right now. But when you get up there, it will, you know, but you can experience glimpses of that right now. You can experience the happiness, the joy, you know, the deliverance, you know, from depression and anxiety. And I just want to leave you with this here. Um, What can you do to be a vessel for bringing heaven to earth? You can write that down too if you want. What can you do to be a vessel for bringing heaven to earth? What can you do to bring heaven to earth? What can you do to bring the joy of heaven, the happiness of heaven, the love of heaven, the experience of heaven, the thrill of heaven to earth? I want to close the prayer here and we'll end it. Lord, thank you for. Uh, blessing us with the Bible, for it being something that we can look at, we can read, we can understand, and um, that we can live out through the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you for planting this in my heart um, to share, and uh, I pray and I ask you so that this will do miracle work in us, Lord, and I pray and I ask you for heaven to come down to earth. Um, to come down here in Blaine, Minnesota, Minneapolis, Minnesota, to, to the United States, to Canada, to Africa, Russia, Ukraine, Antarctica, Greenland, Dominican Republic, Mexico, South America, Brazil, Africa. Lord, I pray Australia. I pray for everywhere, Lord, to really truly experience what heaven is like. and May they come to you, Lord. Uh, We pray, Lord, for you to help us to remember what we've uh, listened to today. And I pray and ask you so that it will be deep within our hearts, Lord, Um, and outside of of us as well. And maybe just sharing, you know, what we we learned today and um, what we felt about today and, you know, talking to other people about it. Um, Lord, I pray and ask you for your blessing on all of us to keep us well and safe, protected and Help us and remind us, Lord, that we are always loved. I thank you, Lord, for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs>